Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. It's Friday. Hobby freaking hustle. Stand up. Throw your hands up. Let's cheer. It's time to party. You know the drill. Friday in the house. Hopefully you enjoy all of these Hobby Hustle episodes. I know I do. I talk to my favorite people in the hobby on these things, and man, it fuels and fires me up, and today is no exception. Got to shout it out right now. The guy who makes all of us laugh in the hobby is with me today, sharing a conversation on commentary over the entire hobby. That's my man, Lameem James, everyone's favorite Instagram account. The man behind Lameem James, Chris, just got to shout him out. He's made me so happy since I've entered the hobby. Every day, it's something new that's cracking me up. And I just think it just keeps getting better and better and better. So we cover a lot of things. We cover investing. We cover maybe soccer cards, uh, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> and we cover uh, grading companies, you name it. We talk about his Trey Young PC, which is outrageous and out of control. Cover a lot of ground. I am just so happy we could get him on to share his perspective on the hobby. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, tell your friends, follow me across all those social channels. I promise it's going to be a fun ride. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hobby Hustle. Got someone on the line here that I think all of you know, or at least I hope you know. I will start with a short story. So it seems like every day I wake up, first thing I do, it's just kind of like the hobby addiction, right? I grab my phone, I get out of bed, I brush my teeth, open up Instagram, and there's always a new meme from my man, Lameem James, and that's who we got here. And I just want to say just off the bat, like, Thank you, first of all, for all you do in the hobby. I am all about having fun and trying to laugh because we should all be having fun. And you definitely make that happen and cause me to be very, very happy, especially when it comes to social media. And I will say, I listened to you on the Lucas Tigers and Braun show, and I didn't know your name until then. So Chris, the man behind Lameem, James, welcome to the Hobby Hustle. How are you doing? Great, Brett. Man, I appreciate the invite. Props to you and your show. You're killing it. Every time I look at my phone to just go listen to some podcasts, you're always up there putting out, I want to say like an episode, I think you're putting out a pod one to two days, right? I mean, you're putting stuff out constantly. So definitely, definitely enjoy listening to your pods and just the insight that you give. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think We've got a lot of ground to cover today. I think, you know, I want to start off first um, by I'm a fan of just creativity and the creative process. Just in my line of work, that's kind of what fuels me and keeps me going. And I can take those elements of being creative and do apply it to the hobby and talk with people like you. And that's kind of what motivates me, obviously, with maintaining and keeping your IG account going. There has to be some sort of creative element to your style. So I just maybe like talk to me about just your creative process when you're going into creating new memes and making commentary on the hobby. Yeah, so it's really not hard to come up with memes for the hobby. It's just because there's so much to talk about. This it's not only just the hobby that you can come up you get content from. There's also the sports side of it, right? Because without the sports, really, there's no sports card. So, you know, you can cross from the sports side of the house where you talk about a player's performance or maybe some injuries that are happening or just things that are going on in the sports world. You know, you can pump out some means towards that. And then, of course, all that stuff kind of starts melting into our hobby itself, right? And, And all the different layers that our hobby has, you can just, off the top of my head, what are some things that I could come out with a meme with right now in our hobby. So 
one layer of our hobby is grading, right? I mean, we could talk about grading so much. I mean, it's such a hot topic today because just the amount, the amount of grading that is happening. You know, you can talk about the grading times. You can talk about the cost. Maybe you can talk about some of the inconsistencies we have with grading, some of the things that they can improve on. PSA is bringing in damn robots. SGC's got gold labels where the, the edges are all frayed. Black label, BGS labs that are off-centered. I mean, those are just some of the things off the top of my head in grading. You know, and then from grading, you can slide right into kind of the analytics and investment side of the hobby itself. And that has really grown in the past years. And, you know, channels like Luca Braun Tiger, your channel, you know, you've got sports card analytics. You guys have started to bring in some of that, you know, just the analysis and the evaluation of some of the price trends. And so I can go into that, right? I mean, you can, when you see these 50, 60% haircuts that you see with card values, man, that's tough to see it, but it's content, right? And, or when you see a card five, six, seven X, because someone says something about it, an influencer posts a card that to me is content as well. That's just crazy how that happens. And then, you know, that's kind of the investment side, the analytics side of the house. Heck, you can then even start cherry, you start rolling around into the retail flippers and the Target Karens and all that stuff that's going on in that world, you know, camping out for products. So, yeah. And then from there, you 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 can fly right into Panini, right? Panini is the only game in town. And then you talk about Panini, you know, why are they using the same picture for Kevin Durant over all the 2019 products. He's in the same pose holding a basketball. Why are they using an MPJ photo across years, right? Why are some of the pictures that they choose for their cards just are terrible? So these are some of the things that you can see just from our, that quick recap. There's never a shortage of things to do a meme about. No doubt about it. And I think just listening to you talk, and those are all topics that I definitely want to dive into in this conversation. But just hearing you talk about the different layers and the different things to provide commentary over it, there's so many different layers. And it's almost like I listened to you talk and I was thinking about just like being a collector or being an investor. And there's so many layers and different ways and different approaches that you can have. And that kind of that side of just focusing on collecting cards. And then the other side of focusing on like commentary over the hobby and all the different elements, like when you bring all of those things together, like that is an explosion. And I heard you reference this on the Luca Tigers and Braun show, but it's just like, we're living in like with Instagram and just computers in our pocket. We're literally living in like reality television in the hobby. Well, what are your thoughts on just like, the reality television component to the hobby that we're all living in on a day-to-day basis. It surprises me. Some of the things that I see daily, you're just like, whoa, that came out of left field. I mean, when I was growing up, I did watch some of the MTV re- reality shows. And I don't know if they had to have been staged, right? Because there, there was too much good stuff in there. But, and sometimes I feel like some of the storylines that I'm seeing in the hobby, I'm like, is someone staging this stuff? <laughs> right. Like, is someone writing a script and someone's following and some IG accounts are following this? Because this is too good. This is like wildly entertaining. So, yeah, it's, it's almost like a reality TV show series where it, some of the topics that come up on a daily basis, you're just like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. And I immediately now, once you said that, it, got, it has my thought process rolling on like the different characters of the MTV reality era and like immediately the first guy I think about is Puck from the real world right like that dude was just like that guy made reality tv so like who's the Puck in the hobby right now was Puck like a heel I'm trying to remember Puck, Puck, Puck was a heel Puck like Puck like he cut promos on everybody in the first real world I think it was and he like smoked cigarettes and he was just like <laughs> When he was off camera, he was definitely like getting drunk and maybe, you know, experimenting a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to think right now, like who gets a lot of arrows and darts thrown at him? Uh, who's getting a lot of smoke these days? I've, I've recently started getting some smoke from some of our fellow uh, soccer investors and collectors because some of the stuff I'm putting out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that, actually, because that's on my list of things to cover. So you definitely had a quick video about 
soccer cards suck and sell, sell, sell. And I think you got some smoke from that. And then you did an apology, like in quotes video um, that you dropped, I think today. And like, I'm with you. I think I heard you say this, like you just kind of pay attention to soccer during the World Cup time. I'm kind of the same way. And it seemed to me like as I was digging in and looking at the hobby and looking at what's happening, there just became this like craze over like soccer cards. And people have this argument of, and they say this with hoops too, which I think hoops is definitely more legitimate is just like, it's the world's game. And there's so many people and this opportunity with soccer cards, let's get in early. And what we're seeing right now is all those cards in all those cards are just tanking right now. So like maybe like, when you did those videos and you're providing some commentary on soccer cards, where did it come from and what were your thoughts around it and what kind of response did you get from the market? Yeah. So I saw the rise of soccer cards. Was it within the, it's been like the, maybe the past, what, two or three months, they've just, they went ballistic, like parabolic. They absolutely went parabolic. And so I've just been providing commentary on my page just saying, I mean, it's poking fun at soccer. And you always try to rationalize what's going on. I mean, that's me. Like, I just try to understand why something is happening. And the biggest rationale, justification I got for the rise in soccer car prices was that it was the world's most popular sport. And I guess that in a way makes sense. But to me, popularity of a sport doesn't necessarily equate to popularity of cardboard, to demand of cardboard, right? Because I did a meme where Justin Bieber is the pop star of the world. He is that dude. He's got like eight billboard number ones, world famous. I don't know how many millions of followers he has on IG, definitely more than Mbappe. And everyone in the world listens to music, but Justin Bieber's PSA 10 has been sitting on eBay for $20 and hasn't gone up a dime. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's definitely an apples to orange comparison, but I'm always just trying to put out content that maybe like shows the other side of something, not necessarily going with the crowd, but maybe trying to ground some of that to me, that momentum. Because if you got caught up at Apex, you're probably not too thrilled right now of what you bought. Yeah. And like on that, like with just soccer included, anything included, like we're seeing right now just with prices of cards, like in a lot of different areas, I will say a lot of different areas as in new, modern, a lot of base stuff, those prices are dipping right now. And, you know, if you look across like serial number cards we want and have, those prices are going up right now. So it's like, there's this like seesaw effect in what's happening right now with prices in the hobby. And I think people that are jumping in who might've bought, you know, the Jason Tatum PSA 10 prism card for 1200 1300 bucks you know a month ago now that card you know is like 650 bucks so it's like i guess how is it just as a like a content creator like you that uses humor like can people like look at your stuff and just like are you sending like warning signs are you set like what are you trying to do because i feel like a lot of the people that working with on a regular basis people have good intentions and people are trying to just educate the market that this isn't going to last forever what's your mentality on that when you're creating content. Yeah. So it does hurt me to see people lose money. I mean, I I don't want anyone to lose money, especially for a hobby. Like this should be a hobby. This should be fun. That's kind of my mantra when I came into this was really just wanted to collect. I wasn't too concerned about trying to flip anything, but even as a collector, you don't want to buy a card for a thousand dollars and the next week it be $500. You still want it to retain its value. I mean, that's kind of just that's to me, human nature, right? So I think when I'm putting out content, it's really, I'm just trying to, I guess, put it out there that, man, it's, it's, I'm starting to lose words here, man. Cause I feel for people who lose money, dude, I really do. But just aware, just to show people that things can go down. Not everything's going to keep going up and just to be careful and be careful with your money. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's maybe a decent segue into, and I will preface this because you preface it on your account. And I think this is just good for anybody that's listening. And I've been through this before where it's like, you know, I'm going to jump on and do a video of somebody and 
not make fun of them, but just try to have fun in the hobby. And I did that with Investacart Eddie. Then I brought him on the show to talk to him. And he took it like a champ, which is awesome. And I think I, a lot of that, of me doing that, like I'm inspired by what you're doing where I can tell it's like not malicious. Like you put on your page, like do not take seriously. So I think that's like more people should like put themselves out there and creating content and all like not making fun, but having fun with everyone and what everyone's doing. Like, so maybe I just want to jump into some of your memes and thought process, and then maybe that can take us through just current state of the hobby. But maybe we start with the losing money and investment side. One of my, one of my favorite recent posts that I cracked up on was just your Jeff sport card investor. You had the hobby ensemble. This is when sport card investors assemble. And Dude, I just like lost it, man. <laughs> it just, because like, to me, like I've talked about him, like he's running a business, he's trying to make money. Okay. But like, there are people that are listening to him and everything he says, they're taking him as truth and fact. And everyone's going after they watching, watch and run or watch his videos. They're going running to eBay and buying those cards. So like, Maybe talk to me about just your thought process when you're creating that meme, the point you're trying to make. I mean, just like maybe just some thoughts on just sports card investor and other outlets that are creating content like he is. Sports card investor probably has in the hobby, I would say has the biggest platform on YouTube. And he is a, to me, a very influential figure in the hobby. So I've watched some of his videos before. And, you know, he's putting out content and kudos to him. You know, he is running a business. You're right, right? I mean, he has a market movers tool. And so, yeah, you got to give him props, right, for doing his thing. But I just hope that people do their due diligence. I mean, that's really what's going to allow you to thrive in this market, especially today, because prices are so high, the room for error is very low. So you really have to do your homework and I'm just hoping that when they do listen to sports card investor, it's just part of their research. It's not everything. And you just hang on to every word this man says. And sometimes when I'm reading some forums out there or Reddits or just anything, stuff about the hobby, I do see sports card investors name come up a lot. And some of the comments I read, I'm just like, man, it just seems like they're pretty much just going to follow and buy what this man says to do. So like I said, I just hope that it's just part of someone's research and not all of it. Because again, if you just listen blindly to one person, the best person to follow is yourself. And that's through getting as much information as you can, listening to as many podcasts as you can, reading as much as you can, watching, consuming as much content. Again, though, that can also be a challenge, Brett, because some people don't have that time. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're treating this as truly a hobby and collecting, I think maybe that might start changing your mindset on what you buy and how you buy. I mean, that's just my two cents. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think like when I jump back in the hobby, obviously that he was a big name. He has a big platform and it was right in my face, jumped in, looked at what he was doing. And I knew I wanted to create content and I knew quickly that like the content I wanted to create was different. And that's why like I rally around like this theme of like doing the work, doing the research, like making your own decisions. And I would say 99% of the people that listen to Stacking Slabs are about that. I'm not saying that they don't go listen to Jeff talk. Like that is definitely something that a lot of listeners of mine do. And I just think like one of the issues I take is just, you know, you hear someone, people in general, like I hate, like it is just human nature. Like people are lazy, like just naturally lazy. And so it's really like easy for someone to hear sports cards, hear make money, jump on YouTube and listen to somebody talk about the hot card being this Mbappe prism card and then go buy it. And then, you know, weeks later, months later, like the card is dropped. And so like, I think just, I appreciate like you putting out content and just not saying like what he's saying is wrong or bad or this and that, but just letting people know, like, we can't be just like followers of one, like we need to like 
take everyone's opinion and don't let that direct you, but use it to inform. And at the end of the day, like go do the work, make the decisions and like buy like what's going to make you happy and not like what you think is going to make you money, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, Brett, that's well said. And I did like that. I mean, when I first saw that picture, I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do with this. What's that from? So I follow a lot of meme accounts. I mean, there's so many meme accounts out there. Yeah. Right? So I follow a bunch on IG, Twitter, Reddit, and Facebook. And there's just crazy memes every day, like just dumb pictures that come up and you're like, what the hell is this? And so I saw that and I saw all these pandas like following this guy, like he's just, his chest is pumped up and he's just proud. Walking. Yeah. He's so proud. And I'm like, man, this is sports card investor and his many sports card investians that follow him. So he's building an army over there. So I thought it went well. I thought it's, it went well. It's the blue brand over there. He's definitely doing it. All right, let's, you talked about it, but I want to jump because this is like my hot button issue right now. And this is an issue I'm like, I'm willing to die on a hill for this one. Like legitimately, like pull out your panini darts and throw them through my heart. I'll die on the hill fighting this battle. But it's just the freaking grading companies in general, like just the inability to adapt to the market and everything moving and making customers pay for it. And everyone's sitting, waiting, holding the card. And like one of the things I started talking about is like, hey, everybody, like one thing people aren't talking about is like, we all have like thousands of dollars that are just like tied up in this that like haven't gotten charged for yet. And we don't know when the cards are coming. So like that component, like you're starting to mess with people's budgets and money, which is tough. And, you know, any listener knows I'm just trying to like, I think it takes more than just like one person or a, an Instagram post here and there, but it like, it takes like everyone getting together and just being like, you know what, like we've had it. Like we need to like express our frustration as a collective and talk about just like, this is an issue. So like, I guess like, what's your take just in looking at all the people you're connecting with in terms of like grading companies, what they're doing and like, what do you think like a potential solution might be? Is it just we've got to wait in time or is there something we can do as a hobby to try to course correct some of these inefficiencies? I think the day that we get, no kidding, a third or fourth grading company in the game where their secondary values for their slabs are equivalent to the top two, hell, the top one, that's when, and those, that third or fourth grading company does it right, as in, they meet their turnaround times. They're not bullshitting you with upcharges at the end of the process by holding your cards for five months and saying, okay, I'm not really going to do any, give you any extra service, but I'm going to upcharge you because it's in a freaking tense lab. You know, once we get that third and fourth company on board and those slab values are equivalent to either one or two, that's when I think we can, the tide will turn, right? I mean, that's the only, because right now, like the PSA slab, that's the most powerful slab in the game, bar none. Mm -hmm nothing that touches it, right? BGS, for some reason, they're falling off on their values on the secondary market. And PSA 10s versus like a BGS 9.5. I mean, you're almost getting sometimes double, sometimes triple, two, three X, right? So until we see grading companies come in the game, do it right, and the values of the slabs are equivalent, that's the only way I think we're going to see change. Because PSA is like, we're good. Like we're if you've been listening to their earnings reports and you look at their stock price, well, their stock price is at all-time highs, mm -hmm. right? That Wall Street is confident in these guys. Their top and bottom line numbers, they look good. They even talk about the backlog in their earning reports as it almost seems like it's a good thing. Like, hey, guys, check it out. The demand for my service is so high. I got a million card backlog. Come on. Like, I just don't know if PSA will ever change. They're doing yeah. so well. Like they're doing so well. I know. And I liken it to a utility company and that just does not have to provide customer service just because they have their position in the market. And I think that's troubling. I agree with what you said about an alternative. I think it is, there is opportunity and it's just like with Netflix and Blockbuster, just like with Uber and rental car companies, like there is opportunity for innovation in the grading spectrum and the hobby. And I think like, it just needs to look different. Like it needs to focus. I think it needs to be focused. Like if you're focusing on scarcity and focusing on the cards, like collectors, 
think about and we talk about and we share pictures on as opposed to just like the backlog of, you know, PJ Washington prisms that are flooding them, them. There's boxes and boxes of them right now, just because that's what everyone's talking about. Like, I think like this is a topic I'm really passionate about because I think it just takes innovation and disruption. And I'm like encouraged by you saying that because a lot of responses I've gotten are people saying like, they're the best and that's the cards that hold value. And, you know, they'll never be moved out of that position. I think like I go back into other industries and I think like there's a lot of companies like Blockbuster Video that like they had a just stronghold in that market for 10, 15 years, but it took one company to step up and knock them off that spot. So I am optimistic that there is some innovation somewhere and people are sick of it like me and we just need to unite around it and because it's our cards it's something we're passionate about and i'm just trying to vocalize it as much as possible yeah i hope so i really do either psa improves or we just get some competition in the game and you know i think sgc is is trying their best they unfortunately they kind of got knocked off their pedestal with uh some of the challenges they've had with the turnaround times and not being able to forecast the demand. So I think they were gaining momentum during the quarantine, you know, in, at the peak of our quarantine, but maybe they've lost some of that faith in the customer base because of their now delayed turnaround times. So yeah, it's just a long road, Brett. You're right. Blockbuster did die because they could not innovate. Netflix came in and destroyed them. Uh, the online delivery uh, format won over. So Maybe one day, maybe one day if PSA doesn't, I mean, although PSA is trying to bring in some damn robots, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know what the robots are doing. I saw a newsletter, had a picture of a robot arm and I'm like, okay. That I like, I work in software and I like, this is like vaporware, like here, check out our Photoshop image of a robot that is going to be the future of grading and we won't see it for another like 10 years. So So here's PSA, Brett. It was about, I want to say it was like maybe three months ago. They released a newsletter and saying they made some recent improvements to the company's process. And one of those improvements was for some bulk submissions, they were no longer accepting the paper subforms. And I'm just like, that's the innovation. We're in 2020. Like <laughs> this, people were submitting paper subforms. Like, what? So I don't know. When you talk about innovation and they're patting themselves on the back for that type of innovation, just it doesn't give me much hope for the future. Bro. No, no. And it's like the same thing with like BGS and like I sub for, with BGS for the first time in May. And I should have known when I was printing off these forms and filling everything out pen and paper. And then I'm trying to figure out how I track my submissions online and you can't. And I'm like, what are we doing here? So like, and of course that was a 30 day order that, I finally got a response back. What is it? It's September 22nd. And they said 22 weeks on a 30 day. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me here. So like, there's just, it's across the board, but I want to jump on uh, SGC real quick, just because there was a meme that you created. And that was with my boy. We all watched the last dance, John Michael Wozniak, the security guard of Michael Jordan. Everybody, he won everybody's heart when we were watching that show. And you, yeah, yeah. you put on as SGC grader leaving the grading room after gold labeling every single card. So talk to me about that one. The last dance was great. To me, that scene right there, and I didn't even know his name, by the way. I, I didn't know it was John Wozniak or whatever he just said. When I saw that scene, <laughs> last dance, I was like, man, this cut scene right here is gold. It's going to be something. And when I saw the Heritage Auction end for the SGC Gold Label Jordan, and it was like at 425000 it, sure. it was like a 4X of a PSA 10 because it was an SGC Gold Label. And I was like, whoa, this is odd. Like this, I'm not sure what happened here. And when I just zoomed into the picture on that bottom right edge and corner of that Jordan, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I could not. Gold label SGC is supposed to be an equivalent of a BGS black label. It is supposed mm-hmm. to be the creme de la creme, the top, bar none, no flaws. At least that's how I see it, right? That's how I see that gold label. And my God, when I saw those frayed edges and, and cornered, 
I couldn't believe it. So I had to come out with a meme, you know, and that cutscene is just perfect for it. He comes out, he just gives this shrug, like, meh, gold label. <laughs> it looks good. I got to go home for lunch. Shift's fucking, oh, sorry. I don't, sorry. I'm not, I'm cussing. Shift's over. Let's go. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that is memorable. You got to go check that one out for sure. Maybe talk about, I feel like if I were to give an MVP Lamemes memes this year, without a doubt, like if vote, you take voter totals, everything else, the winner would be our boy Luka Doncic because he's just provided so many moments in the hobby, on the court, in your memes. I'm really digging, and I hope he comes back soon, the kid collector Luka hitting targets with his mom and hitting LCS is talking about his autograph. Talk to me about just Luca and what he's done from an inspiration perspective for you this year. So Luca Doncic is not only one of the hottest players in the NBA and the hottest player in the hobby, he's also one of the hottest players to put in memes. So when I say hot, I mean everyone recognizes Luca Doncic, right? So he's charismatic. He's got the game to back it up. He is definitely ahead of schedule. So and seeing how Luca Doncic is only what I think he's like twenty one, second year, right? And he has been chronicled throughout his life since probably 15 years old. You know, he started playing European ball at a young age. And so you could find a lot of pictures when Luca was younger. And I mean, (laughs) and so the Photoshop skills come in and you just stick him, whether it's in a card shop, whether it's at a Target, whether it's at Walmart, whether it's at the Nationals, he's going to be everywhere in the hobby as just a young, impressionable kid enjoying the hobby, right? Getting us back to our roots when we grew up collecting, right? It was so much fun hanging out. The LC- we didn't have the Target. I don't ever remember going to Target and buying cards, but I do remember hanging out in an L- at an LCS. And those were the days, man. So I think it just goes well. It, it plays into that nostalgia of being younger and being into the hobby. And yeah, those are the memes right there with Luke, young Luke Doncic. Yes. And I will say, just to put a bow on the Luca memes, I just noticed recently, probably top five memes that I enjoyed was after he hit that shot and he's on the plane giving the bird. And then I just noticed you had in his hand was the Montreal Herald card, the prism card, which was like, you got to look, you got to make sure you click out and zoom into the memes memes because there's some Easter eggs in there. Yeah. Sometimes I can really kind of just meld it all together. So that was the time when you know, it was during the Clippers series. And we all know what Montrez Harrell called Luca, a B-A-W-B. I, I won't repeat <laughs> on your show to keep it, try to keep this PG, right? And so uh, Chris House of Jordans, he shared that picture of me. He's like, yeah, let's go. We're ready. It was like game, I forget what game two or game, I can't really remember what game it was of that series. He's like, yeah, let's go. This is the mood right now. And it shows Luka Doncic. And I don't really remember what he was holding at first or how he had his hand. And he's just given the bird right on the airplane. And of course, I believe this was an older picture from some time back. And so I was like, well, I mean, damn, this is a perfect caption. I already have it, B-A-W-B. And then of course, Trez, you got to get the Trez Prism Ricky Card and Lucas, <laughs> you know? And so that's cool. You caught on that. Some people, sometimes people, when they first glance over it, they're like, I really don't get what's going on in this meme. But yeah, if you look, I mean, you might see something. That's awesome. So jumping over to your collection, which got the last week was like a huge IG live week. I was talking about this. It's like you had Lefko doing his unboxing of his drinking rose of PSA submission. That was awesome. And then one other night you were doing just, I looked and I saw you were going live. I was like, oh shit, I got to click this. And you were just going through your PC. And I got to just tell you, like, I have never seen a Trey Young PC like that. I'm sure there's people with millions and millions of dollars that love Trey Young that have absurd cards. But like, thank you from the hobby to you for showing us all that. Because I think that shows like the connection and passion you have with the hobby and then with a young player like, Trey Young. So let's maybe talk about just why Trey Young, like what's your connection point and those cards, like what was your process of obtaining those? I got back in the hobby early 2019 because of Trey Young. So I watched him in Oklahoma during his single year and I was like, man, he's not 
almost like an everyday average Joe, right? He's not 6'8", he's not 250, doesn't have blazing end-to-end court speed, but he's really worked on his craft. And to me, he has one of the most skillful games in the NBA because when you don't have that athleticism, you don't have that ex- like explosiveness like Zion, right? You have to rely on your skills. And to me, Trey has always been a really skillful player. He's not the most explosive athlete, so he has to rely on tempo and rhythm when he's handling the ball. And he has great court vision. And of course, everyone knows he could shoot. So I've always gravitated towards those type of players. I really liked Curry. I really enjoyed when they were making their finals runs, but I wasn't collecting cards then. So maybe I should have, but I wasn't. And so when I saw Trey, it just gave me that Curry vibe. Not because I think he's going to be the next Curry, but Curry was also, his game is highly predicated on skill, right? He could shoot the ball really well and he's got a tight handle. So that's what made me gravitate towards Trey was just the skill factor he had. And so early 2019, you know, Prism came out, I think it was around November-ish. I can't really remember. Started picking up some cards then and was just really getting back into the hobby. So I wasn't really trying to go all in. I was just kind of trying to familiarize myself. And then Trey starts exploding in March of 2019 and his card prices double. It doubled pretty much overnight from a two or three game stretch he had. So again, I was like, man, are the cards, that may not seem like much now. You see a performance like Bull Bull in a scrimmage and his cards go five, six X. That kind of took us by surprise. And we're seeing that more and more. But back then, and when I say back then, it's only what a year and a half, but back then in early 2019, it didn't happen that much. And so I just started picking up pieces slowly. You know, I had some common rules. I never wanted to spend, I set a limit. I will never spend more than $2,000 a card. I will never do that for a Trey Young card. And I've kept true to that word. And so I just started picking up pieces that I really liked. And I have always really been into RPAs, rookie patch autographs or autograph cards itself. Growing up, I wasn't really, those were the chases. Autographs were very tough back in the day trying to pull from a pack. The the odds were so against you. So tend to stick with autographs and and RPAs. And if you look at my collection, I would say 90% of it um, are autographs. And to me, it's just, a closer connection to the player. He signed the card, whether it's sticker or not. I prefer on card, but you know, so that's how I've just been acquiring trade pieces. I think I've sold like one or two trays that I had just because when I bought it, I kind of rushed into it, kind of got a little FOMO and I didn't really enjoy the design of the card. That's a big thing for me is the design of the card. So I sold those off, but pretty much I've kept all of my trade. I mean, if you saw my live, I have I mean, I don't have the most expensive trade collection, but I do have a nice diverse trade collection yeah. that spans across multiple brands. No doubt. Like I was, what was cool about just being on the other side and watching it was just the diversity you had across all brands and just different slabs. And I saw trade cards I hadn't seen before. So I always loved that. And I don't know, the more I meet people in the hobby and the more I'm, like trying to figure out my process, the more and more I am trying to bring my collection down to specific players that mean a lot to me and or players that like I just enjoy watching, just like you talk to Trey. I think consolidating is a good thing and that can help direct and make better informed decisions because you're like, by looking at your Trey collection, I would imagine you've gone like super deep in trying to figure out all the parallels, all the sets, like what the population is, like what you're chasing. And I think like that pursuit around a player you really love and enjoy is like, to me, kind of what the hobby is all about. So like maybe talk to me just about like maybe the pursuit component of it and just your knowledge of the Trey Young card market and then take it to like, how do you apply all of your Trey Young collecting to like when I know in the Netherlands and there's a time difference, but like when he's playing basketball, like what you've got, obviously got to be excited and there's got to be a connection with him dribbling the basketball and going out there and scoring 40, 50 points any given night. So for my Trey collection, it was really a lot of research into the brands first. So I grew up with Upper Deck, Fleer, Skybox, Tops. They all had NBA licenses. And so, you know, really it was Upper Deck that was was the main brand. They had 
I could name them today. Like your top end was exquisite. And then kind of you went into ultimate collection. And then from there you went into probably SP authentic and then SP XPX. And so I had that game down. I was like, man, this is awesome. And then when I came back early 2019, because now I have some disposable income, I like Trey Young coming out of college. I want to collect Trey Young. I come in and it's now Panini and I'm lost. I'm like, okay, what is going on here? What are the brands to buy? What designs look the best? And so that to me was probably the most difficult challenge because it's not only do you have how many different brands, you have so many different parallels within each brand and so many different inserts. So it was really figuring out what I thought were the best looking designs. And it, that was tough. Uh, that was really tough and all the different parallels. So it took a lot of research, a lot of time on the internet, a lot of looking on eBay, a lot of IG, uh, just looking at other trade collectors out there and what they were buying. And I already noticed right off the bat, it was Prism. Like everyone was pushing Prism. I mean, I was just, that was the train back then. Everyone's like Prism, 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 get the parallel silvers, tigers, golds, blue ices, purple ices, right? And that didn't really resonate with me, even though I may be kicking myself because if I bought all of them back then, I certainly would have a lot more equity in my trade cards. But I was more focused on the autographs like I previously talked about. And so, yeah, I was just, again, just doing a lot of research and picking the cards that I really enjoyed. So that was kind of my mindset behind Trey. It wasn't just to follow everyone and what everyone's doing. It was really just focusing on what I like and all the trade cards that I have now, like they may not have appreciated like a prism parallel, like they didn't go up four or five X, but that doesn't really matter to me. Like I like the uniqueness of the card. When I look at it, I was like, okay, this was a nice chase. You know, this was like, I have a dominion out of 15. Not, not many people even, not many people know about dominion because Panini stopped it this year. They didn't release a dominion brand for Zion and Ja. So but I do like the way that card looks. I don't see that card often come up. So, you know, again, it may not be worth a thousand, two, three thousand dollars, but I just like the card. No doubt. No. And I think that's, again, like I hear you talk and it's like you're focused in on what you like and what makes you happy and, you know, why you like Trey, the, his game. And I think that's just good direction for anybody listening. Like, Take a step back. And if you're caught up in the transactions of like all the prism cards that you bought that you just got graded and now you're trying to flip them and like that's like your head spinning from that, like take a step back and like focus in on players and cards and designs that make you happy. I feel like the more I'm talking with collectors and getting connected with other people, like listening to people who've been in the game for a while, like listening to the plays they're running, like there's some inspiration there. So I think like hearing you talk about your connection with Trey and why you buy what you buy, like I recommend anyone listening, like take a step back and go find guys that players that make you happy and just go all in on them because it makes the hobby a lot more fun than just trying to catch the flavor of the week. Yeah. And so I'll never over leverage myself on sports cards ever, never over leverage because if I'm going to bed at night and I'm worried about the values of my cards, that means I'm over leveraged. Same thing with my portfolio in the stock market. If I'm seeing a downturn in the stock market and I'm worried, I've gone too deep. And so I need to detach myself from that, maybe lighten up my load. So, you know, I'm at a point right now in my trade collection where I'm good. I mean, I, I'm not worried about the values in it. I'm not over leveraged. And so I sleep like a baby and that I, I don't really care about it. And the question you had it, I failed to answer was, what was your connection with Trey? You're in Europe. It's a different time zone. How does that work out? Yeah. So when I hear his games, he's on the East Coast. His games normally come on like at midnight to 1 or 2 a.m. So oftentimes I'm off to bed. And so I just watch his YouTube clips, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I watch the, the highlights of the game. So I don't really get to watch the whole game. But I can tell you right now, you know, I love the analytics part of it. People talk about there's these Raptor databases, 538 mellow models and all this stuff on ESPN that predicts a trajectory of a player, what a player's doing. They talk about, you know, all these crazy advanced statistics. To me, maybe I'm just a simpleton, but I love the eye test. I don't know. That's just totally. me. And so when I'm watching, like when I grew up, I was the biggest Barry Sanders fan. I don't care if Barry didn't win any Super Bowls. Emmett was killing it, right? Emmett's getting two or three titles the triplets over in the Cowboys getting a lot of love. I loved Barry Sanders. So you watch Barry's 
Barry Sanders top 50 highlights on YouTube. <laughs> that clip is incredible. And so, you know, for me, when I watch Trey Young's clips and when I watch Luka Doncic's clips, that to me, I'm like, this passes my eye test. Okay, I'm good, you know. Totally. I, dude, with Barry Sanders, it's like every Thanksgiving, man, he was on. And as a kid, it was like, what's this guy going to do to wow me? And like, I totally get that. And with Trey Young, man, I was like, dude, I was unsure, man. I was like, what's all this hype on Trey Young? And then I went to Pacers Hawks game regular season and I sat like three rows, four rows up behind the basket. And the dude just dropped like 47 points like oh, it was yeah. nothing. And I was just like, okay, I'm a believer now. So effortless. So I love that. Like the eye test, like that's how, dude, that's how I was, I am and about Kyler. It's like, dude, I watched him last year and now I'm watching him now. And it's just like, dude, the eye test, like, I don't want to overthink it. The guy's exciting and he's like in his second year. It's like, I'm expecting a breakout performance. So like, that's a good recommendation just to anyone listening. Like, just look at them. Don't get too caught up in the weeds. If they're exciting and they make you happy, like maybe it's a good player to start buying up. Yeah, I agree with you with that eye test. And you're Brett, Kyler. Yeah, man, I love watching Kyler play. No doubt. Like he gives me shades of like Steve Young and Michael Vick where it's just, and I saw him before he was first, I believe he was at A&M yeah. first. And so I watched him as a freshman and I remember there was a lot of hype around him. Like he was a five-star recruit, right? Coming um, out of high school. And he didn't really get much burn at AM. But when I saw him on the field, man, no one could tackle this kid. He was quick. So I do agree with you. Kyler, to me, is, plays an exciting brand of football. So I just think those polarizing playmakers, to me, you can't go wrong. I don't know. You can't. You can't. Maybe we can close it out with this. This has been so much fun. Maybe talk through like, you are a point of happiness and inspiration for many in the hobby by just your satire and comedy you provide to all of our IG feeds daily. So that's a definitely a thank you and a hat tip to what you're doing. We appreciate that. Maybe like for you, like who are some of the people or what are some of the things in the hobby that like you like really get you motivated and you're excited about right now? Honestly, I like everything the hobby gives. Like I like all the content. I love all the content creators out there in the hobby. You know, I may poke fun at you, but honestly, it's like all love. Like when I saw you come in the, the pod game, I saw Jordan come in and I see all these YouTube creators. I don't get a chance to watch it all or listen to it all, but I think it's really cool when someone is not afraid to get out there, put themselves out, right? And really just release stuff, right? I mean, that takes some guts to me. And so the fact that you can come out with a pod every day and you may not always, all your pods may not hit, right? I mean, that they, they, you may have some, a lot of misses along the way, but you know, you're just consistent. And I love the hobby content creators that are out there. They are inspirational to me, whether I agree with your viewpoints or not, that, that doesn't matter. The fact that you can go out and really put some thought and deliver content, that's inspiring to me for sure. That's awesome. Well, you all know where to find them. Plug your account just in case we got some people who aren't following you already. Yeah, so my account, mainly on Instagram, Lameem James, that's L-E-M-E-M-E, like Lameem, underscore, and then James, J-A-M-E-S. That's a play on LeBron James. When he is maybe the GOAT of basketball. That's a big debate, but you know, it's a play on him. It's a good play on him. Before I let you go, like, what's your finals? Like, who's going to be in the finals and who's your NBA champion? Finals, I have the Lakers versus the Celtics. And I think the Celtics are going to win. Oh, boy. So I've been, before the bubble started, I said Celtics and Lakers, but I got, I went with the King as for them to win. Miami's really good, man. I don't know. Miami's just like, ah, they're tough. So, I'm excited to watch those games and it's people need to realize like football hasn't don't let football completely take over. We've got the finals to watch. Everyone enjoy it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right. Basketball is still going along. I forget about baseball. Though. I think there's somewhere in their little, <laughs> I think there's somewhere doing their playoff thing somewhere out there, but yeah, don't sleep on basketball. Still, this is going to be a good finals. I'm hoping though, it is the Lakers versus the Celtics. Classic. I hope it goes, I hope it goes to seven games. I hope so too. And maybe if it's uh the Celtics make it to the finals. 
I'm going to ask Brad Stevens, since he went to my college and was in my fraternity, I'm going to ask Brad Stevens, hey, can you give Taco some minutes so I can sell these hundred <laughs> mosaic cards that I got so I can make some coin to buy some cool cards? I remember you talking about those taco cards in one of your pods. <laughs> it was, hey, I'm going to, Jordan, Jordan's four card analytics. Him and I were talking about that. And I was like, you know what? It's not a bad idea. I spent like a hundred bucks. I'm sitting on a stack of taco fall. He'll, he'll hit the floor at some point and I'll sell him. You know what? These are the experiences that are fun, right? I mean, you know, you got a hundred bucks in there, right? And maybe you flip it for, maybe you flip it for 150 to 200 or maybe you lose it all. But man, what, it was a ride, right? I'm looking for that bull bull money. <laughs> Ooh, that was a once in a Hey, Brett, you'll never forget the day when the scrimmage happened and bull bull hit a three and blocked the shot and hit a three. You'll never forget where you were that day. I won't because like I was in like, dude, I know we got to close this out, but I just got to comment <laughs> on this because I was meant to bring up bull bull. I was like so hyped on NBA being back. I was working from where I'm at right now and I had the TV on and just was like, oh, I thought I like wasn't even sure he could play. And all of a sudden, he's out there just like balling out. And my immediate reaction is like, what are his cards doing? And then the rest is history. I mean, you provided memes on Bull Bull and the hobby went nuts. I created some Bull Bull episodes. But yes, we will never forget that day. You think that's like a one and done, never again? No, there'll be more. Trust me. There'll be another than the next Bull Bull. We're not sure where it's going to come from, but it's coming. So yeah, when Bobo hit that, I think I got like five or six memes just straight out the shoot on. That was easy money right there. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you so much. We'll have to have you back on. And this was awesome. Talk to you again real soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brett. Take care. Stop what you're doing and hit follow on Lameem right now. Lameem James, baby. If you're not already, you probably already are. If you already are, Go hit follow on Stacking Slabs. Follow us both. Enjoy the hobby. Enjoy the time. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy your time. Enjoy family time. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Respect the hobby. Talk to you real soon.